we're all getting ready to sync up our viewing of the next episode here of Community. And that's right, that means Community Rewatching 101 is back. And we're here with the second episode of the entire series, Spanish 101, which I kind of feel in retrospect stole from our show title. You know, I was going to talk to them about that. We have a legal case here. It's very flimsy, but Back to the Future rules say that you can steal things from the future. So they might have just gone forward in the future and stole this whole 101 bit from us. But we'll, we'll let it slide because we like the show. We like the people. We don't want them to go broke. And that means, yeah, uh, I'm here. I'm Justin. With me is Al and hey. Thomas. Hello. Oh, wait, we're missing somebody. Who are we missing? That's right. It's Heather. Uh, she suffered a power outage just right before the show started and unfortunately it's not going to come back on for hours and so we scrambled in the community rewatching 101 situation room here and we were trying to figure out a good alternative schedule it just doesn't work so we promise heather she's going to get her say about community or about spanish 101 because i'm sure she has a lot of things to uh, to comment about her favorite character chang here who's going to appear in the show but in the meanwhile us three boys we're going to soldier on are you guys ready for this I hope so. We'll find out. I I watched this episode last week, uh, whereas last time I watched it the day before. And so I, I just hope my memory is good enough and my notes are clean enough to <laughs> know what I'm talking about. We'll find out. <laughs> Does it fade? Do you look at your notes going, what was I thinking? Applause <laughs> yeah. as Jeff. Oh, no, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I was diving in. Applause as Jeff arrives. That was a great moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, we actually had assigned Heather to do the summary, of course, mm. because, you know, knock on wood and we jinxed ourselves and all that. So do, do we have a, does anybody have a standby summary? Well, luckily, we... Thomas and I prepared a five-act play involving <laughs> robots, canoe trips, and fireworks. So <laughs> Hit that montage music. <laughs> yeah, it is strangely critical of Israel. I don't understand. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, so we're going to be looking at Spanish 101. This is the second episode of the first season. It is also the first non-pilot episode. So I always find it really weird. It's one of those little things that bugs me that every show has to title their first episode pilot instead of giving like retroactively giving it a really cool name. Not all the time, but a lot of shows do that. And then they have a naming convention for the rest of them, which with community is that every show is titled like it's a pretend class and usually has a very fancy name not always and usually it has something to do with what's going on in the episode some of the names get really creative spanish 101 obviously not super creative and it tells us what we're going to be covering today so what is what what's the show thomas i'm going to put you on the hot seat since you remember it just like it was all last week <laughs> you got this buddy i the tiger all right. What's, the, so, what's this episode about? Look, very simple. We've got Jeff, our character from the pilot. He's back. He's 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 he wants the same stuff. He wants Britta. I think he still wants Britta. And how's he going to get her by doing Spanish class with her and and doing the the whole community group that we met last week. But also Pierce is here. Remember him? He's the old guy, and he wants to be friends with Jeff. So they, he hangs out with Jeff and they do their thing together, even though Jeff wanted to do it with Britta. But wait, on the other side of campus, we've got, um, who we got? We got the other ones. <laughs> we got Annie and, and the, rest. the other ones. 
Otherwise. And we got Shirley. Annie and Shirley do a team up for the first time. That's right, episode two. We've got a team up. And they are going to make the world right by protesting something it but i don't care what it is really i think they just like protesting because cakes and arts and craft obviously your mind is like a steel trap and we're witnessing this this is good (laughs) i give this summary a b minus maybe a c plus maybe a b minus but wait britta is caught in the middle and she learns a bit about herself the end all right Thanks for ju- hey. We're, I'm not. We're not going to judge you too harshly. We put you on the spot for that. You didn't have time to prepare, so it's okay. I mean, you could judge me. I think it was perfect, so that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go with that. Yes. You know what? It was brownies, not cake. Thomas brownies. They made a very specific point of the brownies. This show and brownies have a very, in- uh, very intimate relationship. So. All right, I'm writing that down. Brownies. Yeah. There's a card for that? Well, not specifically, but if you think of grandsons as metaphors for friendship, I think you'll agree with this transformer here that it's time for ours to become a man by reading from the Torah. So there are two things I want to point out before we actually get into this episode, which are two trends that community has that I gradually, over the course of many rewatchings, caught on to. And maybe you guys actually know about these. Uh, the first is the theme of the first four seasons is revolving around the class that the group is taking. I sure. never really caught on to this until recently. So in season one, they're all taking Spanish together. And the theme of this season is communication. Hmm. So the whole group is learning to communicate. So uh... season two is anthropology. And the whole theme of the season is growing together as a family, becoming a family unit, and also things with, like, Shirley having a kid. And, you know, like, family is the theme of that season. Uh, So season three is biology, and it's about them evolving. And season four is about history, and they kind of dive into the history of the characters and all that. It's a little bit weaker in the fourth season. Of course, seasons five and six, they don't take classes and... Yeah. Wow, you just blew Whoa. my mind a little bit. Yeah, Isn't that crazy? I, thing wide open. That is not an original Justin thought. I saw that and it went like, oh, now it makes sense. Like that Dan Harmon, <laughs> he's so crafty. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm absolutely that that gif of the, the guy in the black turtleneck with the fireworks exploding in his head. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, this probably this next part will probably not blow your mind as much, but... In the first seven episodes of season one, starting with the pilot there, they focus on a different one of the core, the seven core members. So even though they involve all of them to some degree, there's a primary focus. So in the the pilot episode is primarily Jeff. And the second episode that we're looking at today, it's Pierce. It's kind of like a reintroduction of the character, trying to get some of these character traits down. Uh, Episode three is Abed. Episode four is Shirley. Five is Britta. Six is Troy. And seven is Annie. So I've I've noticed this over the rewatch that the first seven episodes are really taking their time, kind of making sure we understand a bit more about who these characters are. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, given a cast of this size, you want to make sure, and they're all very talented, so you want to make sure that all of them have an opportunity to, uh, you know, well, to, to endear themselves to you. You know, we talked on the pilot about how Annie and Troy had nothing to do, uh, and Shirley. And yeah. so, yeah, I, I I think that's probably smart. And I like that they did they dove right into, right into Pierce because he does seem like a character that the audience maybe would have the hardest time wrapping their brain around or... Uh, gelling onto 
Or maybe he was just Chevy Chase was like the biggest name and they thought, mm. you know, like, <laughs> let's put him out front. And that, that could be too. And um, that Thomas, I really like what you said about the team up in your summary, because that's something, of course, <laughs> yeah, community really likes doing is taking two or three of these characters and slamming them together and seeing what fun we could have with them. And some of these team ups are a lot more permanent and long lasting. And I think we get one of the the all time greatest community team ups starting in this episode but we can talk about that later yeah which was shocking but yeah we'll get to that uh, <laughs> i was just shocked how soon that happened but we'll um yeah we'll get to that i'll, I'll throw it open what do you guys want okay. to talk about spanish 101 well i know um, that jeff ditched the track pants i was very excited to see that yes better better wardrobe <laughs> um applause as jeff arrives can we talk about the <laughs> that was that was good yeah how many how many study sessions do you think they had between the pilot episode and this episode to the point where they're excited to see jeff come in the room <laughs> i'm gonna say enough to make britta completely exasperated <laughs> so two <laughs> she is such a buzzkill in this episode like immediately they, the worst they take her character and do not quite a 180 but in the pilot she's just sort of a uh like a, a, a vaguely defined smart chick object of desire and in this episode they just they spin right around and she's snarky and critical and like holier than thou and she's actually i, I wrote down in my notes is britta a 2009 jesse spano <laughs> and they just they really hone right in on who she is even if they don't have the like it like looking at it the wrong lens but they 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 really turn her into a character in this in the way that she did not get in the pilot at all yeah i was wondering about this because i i think you guys will remember better than me what britta becomes uh soon what we know her to be from the future but uh was this this felt like maybe a massive overcorrection from the first episode like she went the other way uh into kind of a bit of stupidity I kind of felt like it was a little more of the same, just more exaggerated. Like they're still fishing around for what Britta is going to be and mm. what works with her character. Because like having one character who is just a killjoy is not fun. They like they had to take it in a bit of a different direction. But yeah, they, she just she's such a buzzkill in this episode. Every time she opens her mouth, it's never funny. Like she doesn't get a single good funny. She gets one clever moment which I'm going to give to her later, but not really like, ha ha ha, you just amused me, which is something I could say about all the other characters. And that's, that's a rough position to be in. Yeah. Imagine if that was your role on a show to be the one straight man, so to speak in a room of seven funny characters, that would be awful. She'll be a pothead soon enough. They'll get there. <laughs> Good. Real stories. They don't have spoilers. You understand that TV and life are different, right? Hey. hey! My lady. My lord. <laughs> so a, a couple of things, if we're looking at this opening shot here, it's a lot of change. So one thing is that the group is getting along, that they're friendly. They're relatively, they like each other. They're happy to see each other. Jeff's manipulating them like a, a marionette puppeteer. Um, also the study room. Got a complete makeover. Of course, this is their new set, the post-pilot set. And it's much brighter. It's more open. I mean, look at pictures between this episode and the pilot. It is 
literally night and day because the pilot was so dark. <laughs> um, but there was one thing I noticed for the very first time in this episode I've never noticed in previous rewatches, which is Greendale has an official logo that isn't the season two logo, which is the butt logo that we'll get into. It's like a it's just a generic, you know, here's a river running through a forested thing. But you see it several times. They like plastered it all over the buildings, all over the parking um, signs. I went like, oh. I guess they were experimenting with that. Interesting. So what do you think about Pier- um, Dean doesn't show up except on the announcements? His announcements are hilarious, though. I felt like <laughs> every line I wanted to remember from his first announcement, the, um, <laughs> just questioning the, the value of the PA system over the PA system. Some people say it's uh, the PA system has no purpose. What do you think? <laughs> kind of made me think of MASH, radar on MASH, making those announcements all the time but what were you thinking alan i can totally see that it's funny because i feel like these are clever announcements in a way that he eventually does not get to uh they never reach this level of intelligence i think after a while and they just become goofy to the point of no return you know uh, whale songs (laughs) yeah exactly exactly it's i love in this the uh oh i i wish i wrote it down and i didn't but the idea about if you are uh oh if you're selling drugs please come to the you know please come to the, to the main office and you want a boat or something i forget that it was. <laughs> you want a cruise but yeah i think kind of like britta still it's that same they, they figured something out it's just not quite where it's eventually going to get in campus news the debate over our library's pa system continues with some students suggesting its volume be lowered while others question its very purpose more on that story as it unfolds that dude makes a lot of announcements. I like it. It makes every 10 minutes feel like the beginning of a new scene of a TV show. Of course, the illusion only lasts until someone says something they never say on TV, like how much their life is like TV. There, it's gone. But right from the beginning, there is like a bit more of a focus on Pierce. He gets, Jeff gives him a nickname. Do you remember what the nickname is? Hmm. I do not. Vitamin P. Oh, that's right. Hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Well, Jeff, why are you giving him like that's not something Jeff would do in the later episodes unless he's making fun of him. Yeah, but I, I like how Abed appreciates the entrance. He's like, "Good entrance, Jeff's Like, that was just for you, buddy." It's cute. Yeah, Abed's first lines in this are all about act breaks, and they just they they really nailed him pretty mm. much right out of the gate. Um, I think everything he says is pretty funny, and he is almost a little. He's a little less of a robot than he might sometimes be later on, but I kind of like that. Like you said, I, I love the, the business of Pierce and later on with Troy where he is uh, – said he's got a little bit of attitude to him, like he's trying it on to see how this works. Um, hmm. He's pretty good. And honestly, I thought Pierce's tardiness joke was – I thought it was pretty funny, honestly. I, I think they use him sometimes to be able to tell their dumb base-level jokes and kind of lampshade it at the same times. And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. But I don't know. I kind of feel like in this case it worked for me. Well, let's talk about something we didn't get to talk about last week, which is the new opening credits. So the pilot had its own weird thing. We're going to forget that even happened. And here we finally get the community opening credits, which for the most part will be the same through the entire show run with a few exceptions. But here we have this like very upbeat tune, although it sounds like it sounds upbeat, although the lyrics themselves are very dark. Which I, I don't want. I, let's not pass that up. I, I want to dig into that. Also, this cootie catcher, this animated cootie catcher. Is that what, what those guys, things are called? That's what we always call them. The we mash. Always, we, we always called them, call them 
fortune tellers. Oh, okay. Do, do they have an Australian counterpart? Do you, Thomas? Are you talking you about calling? the paper that folds? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the paper that folds. Yeah. That's... You guys have such a beautiful language down there. Never lose Thanks, that. Mate. <laughs> such great description for things the paper that folds yeah so this this tune it's mm. it's really depressing if you really listen to it like we might be roped up tied up dead in a year that's and i i can't find a reason i should stay one by one they all just fade away yeah i, I which think is it's... actually how the series ends right they all fade away they all start leaving but anyways oh, that's, that's sad <laughs> yeah, yeah but i think it's a perfect you know i think it conveys that the the vibe of the show perfectly we're we're all happy we're excited we're in college but it's community college and it's it's this community college Ooh, okay mm. and that vibe is perfectly encapsulated by that because it's, it's very singable and very you know sort of bop your head along to it and the lyrics are just terrible <laughs> Yeah, I I remember looking this up once and finding some people who have come up who had come up with uh, positive, optimistic readings of the lyrics, but I forget what they were. I just remember the horrible ones, like uh, someone thinking uh, that really Greendale is like a special layer of hell for suicides, and these are all oh, characters geez. who have committed suicide, and what? that's why they're wow. here together. That's a horrible fan theory. Let's not <laughs> yeah. go that route. It's pretty bad. Whoa. And this cootie catcher, as it's unfolding, introduces each one of the principal cast, has a little doodle. And really quickly, I'll just list the doodles. You guys let me know, like, do these doodles really mean anything with the characters or the actors? So Joel McHale gets, like, this Kilroy little guy with the nose poking down. Jillian Jacobs gets the heart with a ton of arrows going through it. Danny Pudi gets a hangman. Uh, Yvette Nicole Brown gets cake, which I thought was the most clearly associated one with later on her thing. Allison Brie gets the flowers and sunshine. Donald Glover gets angry bees with teeth. And Ken Jeong gets a Mexican dragon breathing fire with a sombrero. And Chevy Chase, interestingly enough, in this episode only, gets a naked woman. In all the other episodes, his doodle is more abstract because mm. I think they got caught a little bit of flack for drawing a naked girl. I've got to go back and see that. I don't think I noticed that. Yeah, I've never really looked at these. So do they change or apart from Pierce's, these are locked in? They're pretty locked in for most of the series. Yeah, I, right. we'll, we'll track it, you know, maybe when they take people out or put people in. No, it, but I think that those are representative in, you know, in certain ways because Jeff is our point of view character so he gets the you know the eyes and the nose peering over the fence and Britta is the love interest obviously more to her than that but that's what it is Abed is you know he's he's a puzzle or he's trying to maybe do a puzzle on everyone okay. around him <laughs> uh, Shirley is you know sweet as pie or sweet as cake which is not a thing but um, still baking and whatnot flowers and sunshine for Annie that's Annie. That's her. Yeah. That, that's the persona she puts out there in the world, at least. I just don't get the angry bees with the teeth for Troy. Because they're awesome. And Troy's awesome. And Troy likes things that are awesome. Fair enough. It's a protest, Pierce. Oh, good. Because uh, I know what I'd like to protest. How much you hurt me. Conflicts like these will ultimately bring us together as an unlikely family. You have horrible breath right now. I want to go back to Britta just really briefly, because after the credits... 
she completely makes herself into a hypocrite. She says she has douche-ray vision for guys. And then for the rest of the series, dates douches. <laughs> she dates <laughs> she dates Vaughn. She dates Blade. You know, Blade comes back. I mean, okay, Troy, but still, like, she she's all talk. This is, you know, we're taking her at face value because we don't really know who Britta is at this point. But she she's seriously, like, putting up a lot of front here. And... I, I think she's gonna she's gonna fall. Yeah. Hard. So can you can you make this like work in your head that like in world she's putting on this front at the moment, but we're gonna see who she is later, or you or does it not really make any sense uh, in the story? It, and it's a it's a behind the scenes change of character. I think it does a little even within the context of this episode. Because by the end of the episode, she kind of admits to uh, Annie and Shirley. She's never really, like, she knows all these things about protests in Guatemala, but she's never really followed through on these protests. And then she admits to Jeff, like, yeah, she's kind of sort of faking it, too. So she doesn't Hmm. judge him as harshly. (laughs) All right. So finally, after talking about classes, after having all these notes, we finally get to go to the study group's class, which is Spanish 101 with Professor Senor Chang. And we get an introduction of this new main character of the show. Now, I don't want to have any conversations about what a mysterious, inscrutable man I am. <laughs> I am a Spanish genius. In Espanol, my nickname is El Tigre Chino. Because ah! my knowledge will bite her face off. I mean, what what can you say? What a monologue. What an introduction to a character. It was huge. <laughs> it's, an, it's enormous. It's brilliant. It's so amazing. Yeah, it, it's super over the top and just really... Uh, it lays out who he is so well, so quickly. What an insane professor this is, and just what a exactly what they're up against, and why a study group might be necessary. I, I love <laughs> it. I think they do such a good job with him. It, in the middle of his monologue, there's a moment uh, where he talks about he's a El Tigre Chino, and he gets in real close to Shirley, and you can see that she almost breaks. <laughs> She's trying so hard not to burst out laughing. It's a beautiful. I love when this show does that. You can catch that stuff all over the place. Like if you didn't know who this guy was and you hadn't seen Hangover or his other stuff, you would like he he lulls you in at the beginning. It's just kind of nice and normal. He's being genial. He's like people, you know, this is what people say to me. Why do you teach Spanish? And then and then he's like you you realize after a couple more lines, like he's harboring such a deep resentment here, and it's starting to come out. And it goes from being genial to uncomfortable, and then it goes to insane. As he starts screaming, Del Tigre Chino. And when he says, my knowledge will bite her face off. <laughs> line of the episode, because that never fails to make me laugh. Just the way he says it. And then he goes in and does that physical. Da, 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 to the, and, then, and, then, and then at the end, just kind of instantly, like a, a switch, goes to being completely normal again. And you're like, yeah. oh, dude, this guy's unhinged. This is awesome. I love his pure arrogance. Like, I'm a Spanish genius. 
Uh, and then, yeah, how you say he switches at the end. He's just after his monologue. I think it's at the end. He just he just casually strokes some extra's face just at the end. Yes. Yeah. With the back <laughs> of his hand. All. Yeah. He was such a good get for this show. He's very funny. I like the I do like the fact that they kind of play against type a little bit here and they call it out right away. Mm. Like here you have a, a, an Asian guy who's, you know, probably would never get typecast as a Spanish teacher. And they're just going to do it because that's how the real world works. But then he's also insane. And as we'll find out, knows no Spanish whatsoever. But that's later down down the road. There's there's clues. It's funny. All through the first season, there's a lot of clues that Chang does not know what he's talking about. But in any case, he puts up he, he also puts up a really good front. And in this scene, we also meet another character that we've not met before. And it is... Starburns. Starburns. <laughs> With terrible Starburns, by the way. Oof. It's such a quick kind of throwaway joke. Uh, like, I wonder if initially it was just this, like, just, uh, just have a funny guy with Starburns sideburns, star sideburns, and, uh, and that's it, because it's so quick. Um, it's just kind of weird watching it, re-watching this. Yeah, I'd be curious to see when he shows up for the second time, because mm. it, it definitely feels to me like a, a one-off joke. He shows up for a second time later in the episode. Does when he? They're at, yes, when they're at the protest, uh, they call him, everybody's already calling him Starburns. He's like milling around with the brownies and the, uh, the, the speaker or whatever, yeah. and somebody calls him Starburns and he doesn't say anything. And I went, oh, hey, he's totally cool with being called Starburns. Hmm. All right. <laughs> so during this initial class where we find out Chang's kind of this crazy guy, Uh, He also gives them this really simple assignment, which is to come up with a back and forth conversation between partners. And I thought from a teacher's perspective, the way he assigns partners is pretty creative. He has a picture under one desk and a word under another desk, and they have to figure out who their partners are. Of course, it can never be that simple because Jeff really wants to get with Britta and uh, finds out that Abed has the matching card. And so he he tries to get Abed to give him. But I, I like the fact that Abed actually stands up to him a little bit, you know, because earlier on in the episode, it was all like everybody was kissing up to Jeff, would give Jeff their notes, do anything for Jeff. Abed here's like, no, I want to wear your shirt out of this class, <laughs> which is amazingly great, especially when we find out later Jeff's shirt is way too big for Abed. And it <laughs> yeah. just looks silly on him, but. I love that he wants something. I think that that's really yeah. cool. It, I, it, it makes me wonder, like, what movie did he see that made him decide this is the thing he wants to do? <laughs> because that feels so unlike him. But, yeah, I think it's great that he's actually got an agenda or that he recognizes at least that Jeff has an agenda and he can get something out of this. <laughs> and I will say on the teacher thing as well, yeah, that the, the picture word pair up is way more effort than I think I see any other teacher in the entire show put into any kind of classroom activity. Even ladders. I mean, he did bring yeah. in a ladder, but that's still a little more effort. Yeah, I, I give you that. So, and this is this is the one point in the episode I'm going to give Britta a little bit of credit because I think it was really clever of her to swap the cards, knowing that Jeff was going to swap the cards, and she gets Jeff to have to peer, uh, pair up with Pierce. I'm like, dude, okay, yeah, respect. That's, that's a good move. And also, this pairing puts two other people together. 
to other people that have a little bit of something in common, but they don't know yet. A bromance in the making. Troy and Abed. Which is interesting because that means that Jeff was originally going to get paired with Troy and switched it out. I didn't even think of that, but you're totally right. Wow. So if Jeff hadn't swapped the card with Abed, then maybe Troy and Abed in the morning would have never happened. Yeah, there. That's. I generally think that Jeff is terrible all the time, or at least you know for eighty percent of the series. But even if he didn't intend it, I mean, he gets you know he gets MVP of the episode as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> so Pearson, Pearson, Troy, or I'm sorry, Pierce and Jeff hunker down in the study room and they have to come up with what their project's going to be. Jeff's all business. He wants to get it done. He wants to get out of there. Pierce just kind of wants a friend. And this is where mm. we get a little bit of insight into his character, that he is very lonely, very starved for attention, starved for praise, and kind of latches onto Jeff as he's the one guy in the group, even though Pierce is always putting down Jeff, he also kind of wants to be Jeff's best bud. And that bubbles up a few times over the course of the whole series. But it starts here. You know, like he pours him a drink. He's like, slow down. Let's get to know each other. Let's really dig in like this tiny little homework assignment. Let's just blow it up into this massive thing so that we can spend a whole lot of time together. Of course, it didn't help any that I can't have children. I'm not sterile. In fact, it's a rare condition called hypervirility. Apparently, my sperm shoot through the egg like bullets. <laughs> can you believe that? I can't, uh, but you can, so that's fine. And Pierce seems to have just a lot of creative energy to give too. He's, he loves building up this story and uh, I thought it was hilarious when he draws the circle on the board and says, what is a story? Which uh, I don't know if you <laughs> Dear guys know God that. in heaven. <laughs> Jeff just crumbles. <laughs> um, He's had that look on his face like, oh, now I know what I'm in for. And it's <laughs> Which is terrifying if, for anyone else in that room. Do, are you guys aware of Dan Harmon's story circle? Um, yes, but why don't you recap it for us? Right. So it's just his kind of, um, well, so there are so many theories of, uh, about stories and about the structure of story stories for, for good, effective storytelling. And Dan Harmon's is particularly for television. And it's just this circle that has, a I forget what all the points are, but it's got certain kind of points of the story round the sides that kind of mark out the acts and, the character arcs and things in a very kind of simple way. So it feels like that's where uh, Pierce is, what Pierce is starting on here. He's starting the Dan Harmon story circle for Jeff um, and it's going to take him hours. Makes sense to me. I mean, and Dan Harmon, I mean, he wrote uh, all the early episodes, I think, right? So you write what you know. I mean, I'm sure that's exactly the way that he gets started on way too many things. And So I like that Pierce dunked on Britta's name. Like, what is she, a water filter? Like, <laughs> he thinks it's funny, but yeah, that is kind of a little bit funny. And I like that they're starting to dunk on Britta, so why not? Yeah, maybe this is, still, this is a silly question, but is Britta a real name? Is that a something people name their children? Like, maybe it's short for Brittany, and she just went with Britta. Mm, I don't know. Maybe. I've never heard it outside of this show. Now I want another kid just to name her Britta. <laughs> or him. I don't setting, care. You'd be setting Britta up for, uh, I think, for, for consummate failure. For just <laughs> You're the worst. Just yeah. The worst. 
<laughs> so uh, yeah, they come uh, out yes, like Brit I'm, is a name. Sorry, Brit is a name. It means uh, exalted one, like all names. Apparently, I mean, <laughs> you know. <laughs> well, well, we're gonna we're gonna bypass the protest just really quick to stay in the study room. But when they mm. jump forward in time, it's much later that evening, and the board is covered with insane scribbles. Like you kind of want that extended cut of this episode. That's like four hours long, just to listen to whatever Pierce had to say. And at the end, like Jeff is just beyond exasperated. He's like, this is really specifically surprisingly gratuitously critical of Israel. (laughs) And like, and then, and then Troy and Abed come in and they're like, Oh, they knock it out in like two seconds. And (laughs) Abed's wearing uh, Jeff's shirt. Troy's still wearing the letter jacket, by the way. I'm I'm waiting for the day he takes that off. Um, but but yeah, I thought this right here, this moment where they just look at each other, Troy and Abed, they're on the same wavelength in a way that Pierce and Jeff obviously are not, and they instantly come up with like this quick back and forth. Yama Bob, biblioteca. They do all that, and you're like, yeah, they kind of get each other, and they're very comfortable with each other right away. Yeah, it's it surprised me how sudden it is. It's like they're they're bonded off screen all of a sudden, and here they are. It's Troy and Abed complete already in episode two. It's good to see though. I mean, it's one of my favorite parts of the show, obviously. Yeah, the moment pops it, it, absolutely right away. You just like that that stands out as these guys have each other's number. Like they, it, there's there's flow in that scene. Uh, and it's so relatable from Jeff's perspective. I mean, there's. <laughs> of like there's such a there's a fine line between uh putting too much effort into school and uh college assignments and putting too little in and this is just an example of Troy Nabed putting in the perfect amount uh just do the job uh and do no more no less um and yeah I think I'm surely we've all had experiences of people going too far or too little um on group assignments (laughs) and uh you know so we can agree this is all taking place on the same day i think and yeah Yeah, sure right unless that protest was a multi-day protest and i can't believe that's the case i would say well yeah but abed's got jeff's shirt on but jeff (laughs) doesn't have abed's shirt on he so he obviously has an extra shirt (laughs) in his lexus that we see at the beginning that's such a surprise yeah right (laughs) oh yeah he's got a whole wardrobe I definitely know people who have backup outfits and Jeff would fit right in with that for sure. <laughs> so let's talk about, so while, while they're doing this, there's also the B story, which is that Shirley and Annie really want to protest something that that's a college experience that they feel they want to be a part of. And they don't know what to protest. So they leech off of this idea from Britta that there's this Guatemalan journalist who was killed and why not protest that what can i do you can hang the chicada panecos pinata guys realize he was beaten to death right that's where we got the idea from poignant i thought that was kind of funny in just a way like college students protesting something they know absolutely nothing about just because they like getting riled up or they like making brownies or both of the above and so I love that we go out and they just like they've really poured a whole lot of work into this protest. They've got shirts and they've got tons of people out there. They've got placards. And of course, they've got a pinata. 
<laughs> but the journalist who was what did they say he was hung from a tree and beaten was that right is that I realized uh, he was beaten to death right? yeah that's what it was <laughs> and that right there is such a dan Harmon thing which is to take some a joke that's so very dark and then put it in a very bubbly happy context and you just can't hold it against it but you know but as much as you want to you know look at what annie and shirley are doing and poo poo it like Britta does they they put in the work. Like she said, you should go start reading here. And the next time she sees them, like, hey, we read the thing. We found out the stuff. We want to do something. And so I, we got a pinata, and I made brownies, and here are signs, and here's a thing, and we have a protest tonight. And as much as they are a little ridiculous and kind of go, coming from it from an angle that feels silly, Britta it has to admit later, like, this is way more than she's done. And it, it's kind of like, I don't know, like Elle Woods going to law school based off of a fashion degree. You know, it's got that sort of, uh, they're doing something, and just because it's not the way you expect doesn't mean it's bad or wrong. And it's more than other people are doing. The people who want it to be exactly right and look exactly right and damn the man and let's make sure that we topple a statue in there somewhere. And they just said, like, no, this is what we're good at. This is what we're doing, and we believe in it, and good for them. But do they believe in it, or did they just want to make brownies? I think that by the time this all started, I mean, they... I won't say they talk about it intelligently. It's not like there was a debate scheduled or anything, but they seem to know enough to get people riled up about it. And is that enough? I feel like yeah, that might that's be. an interesting question. Of like, yeah, if it's all performative and shallow, like maybe you're still doing good, and it doesn't matter. I, I can continue to be the devil's advocate and just point out that in the next day, when they talk about they got in the newspaper. They're like, oh, what's the next thing we can protest? Instead of like, let's continue on learning more about this thing. It's just they're jumping on the next reason to break out the brownie mix. But you know what, Al? That's I see your point too. So I'll, I'll I won't be the Brita here. I won't be the complete buzzkill. So what you're saying is I win. Sure. Yes. If you need that. If you need that validation, in your life, I do. I really do. Awesome. <laughs> So part part of this whole protest thing isn't just Annie and Shirley. It's you know like hey, let's have this faux romantic connection between Jeff and Britta, but also tied into Jeff having just blown up at Pierce, getting really exasperated. By the way, I wanted to ask you guys: Do you think like if you were in Jeff's position, would, would there have been a different way you could have handled Pierce? Was he right to have at that point? gotten really openly exasperated with him and stomped out of there or like i know you said like jeff's always the worst but in that situation i can kind of see like somebody who's wasting that much of my time and not accomplishing the assignment i'd probably get a little peeved too yeah i mean the funny stuff aside pierce is so annoying in this episode he's such an annoying uh insulting git really um but uh but you can't help but feel sorry for him from the perspective of the the show. I mean, the show kind of feels sorry for him. Um, uh, and if I was really in that situation, like, uh, I wish I would be Jeff. I wish I could just storm out, but I would have just sat there for as long as it took. You're too nice. Yeah. <laughs> I think that there's a lot. You can take a lot of pressure, uh, a lot of pleasure excuse me, in being Jeff and blowing up like Jeff did. But I also think that's doesn't ultimately 
ever seem to accomplish the thing you want it to, or at least not enough times for it to work for me. I feel like there's a different way you can handle the conversation if you care enough to handle the conversation. I think if you put Annie and Pierce in that room together, she would have been able to handle him and direct that conversation to to hit the points it needed to hit in order for them to put something together. I feel mm. like Jeff was too disinterested in being there at all to actually inject, you know, if he put in a, a, a modicum of extra effort at the start, I bet he could have side, you know, derailed that entire conversation and turned it into a, a longer than he wished it was, maybe still a little embarrassing project, but not the epic poem that Pierce was constructing. And I think I agree. And by when they get out there for the end of the protest, it's like everybody's worst. The, the worst qualities of Jeff, Britta and Pierce all come out. So Britta's just kind of faking it and being being a little too hypocritical. And Jeff is being very manipulative again. You know, like he runs out there and he fakes protesting, pays that kid for the placard. Right. And fakes like he's been there just to be kind of cute. And then Pierce comes out, and one trait we definitely learn about Pierce in this episode that he carries forward is if he gets upset at what you've done, there is no depths to the fury and wrath and revenge that he will take. He is very vindictive. And he comes right out, and he looks for – he right away points a finger at Jeff, and he, he calls back what he just said so that he can get Jeff in trouble with, with Britta. And kind of just goes a little over the top and then sets himself on fire, which is, you know, also a Piercean thing. And I feel like Pierce, for as um, as much as he likes to bluster and as much as he enjoys uh, poking fun at people or, you know, making quote unquote jokes at other people, he has the thinnest skin of anybody in the cast. So, yeah, yeah he will take those things so personally. And then, like you said, that they will explode outward in completely uh, outsized revenge. Now, there is a, a quick moment between Troy and Abed that if you, another blink and you'll miss it kind of a little moment. But it's talking about it's one of those little meta moments of the show itself where Abed takes his tape off. and He's like conflicts like this will drive us to becoming more like an unlikely family. And then Troy says, you have really horrible breath. You know, it's like, but that's exactly like Abed sees the reality of what's going on. Like he knows they're in this little sitcom family and they're this, this weird dysfunction that they all have is kind of going to pull, pull them together. But it's kind of funny in the moment. But then when you look back and you go, yeah, that's that's the show right there. It's all these weird conflicts that are going to drive them together. Yeah, I think they used Abed that way a lot. Uh, kind of like, again, they, they use Pierce to make the really, really lowbrow joke and then lampshade the fact that they're making really lowbrow jokes. They use Abed to call out the trope, but then they do the trope anyway. Yeah. Yeah, like there's a the big one early in this episode. Abed says something like, um, but then uh, the illusion only lasts until someone says something they'd never say on TV, like how much their life is like TV. Yes, <laughs> so, there it's so ruined. Yeah, <laughs> meta inception kind of line. Okay, now it's the next day, and a flaming senior has alarmed the campus, and it's in the newspaper and everything. You know, it's a real paper. How how do you know it's a real paper? It had Marmaduke in it. It's got to have a Marmaduke. 
<laughs> Which is such a Shirley. That's that's Shirley's great line of the episodes. I love that line. <laughs> Damn Marmaduke getting it everything. Yeah, that's because you know that's important to Shirley. Like it's got to have this very bland comic strip that nobody cares about, but she does because her character would. And then they talk a little bit of smack about Pierce, and Troy has one of those lines, and Troy does this where he'll spit out one of the funniest lines, and it'll be about six lines beyond that that it really registers what he just said. And I was down on the, you know, I'm always having a pause. And he says like, yeah, he told me girls have two pee holes. And it just like goes on really quick. I'm like, like my brain has to stutter and catch up like, what? And, and it's funny because, you know, Troy would sort of believe. Yeah. Okay, Troy. We don't blame you, sweetie. Pierce has always been on my watch list. That dude is crazy. He told me girls have two pee holes. I sang Christmas carols at a nursing home once. I've seen the face of dementia, and last night, I saw it again. I also love uh, Annie's line here. I mean, it's a, kind of another slightly nasty line, but her delivery is perfect. Of, um, I've seen the face of dementia, and last night, I saw it again. <laughs> <laughs> so then, so Pierce and Jeff do a their presentation. Jeff kind of gets a, more than a bit guilted into it by Britta. Uh, so he gets up there and he puts on the tiny sombrero and they do a montage and well, it's and before, yeah. before the montage though mm. it starts with Chang announcing to the class that Jeff and Pierce were supposed to go first but Pierce t- told him what happened apparently there was a falling out things were said people were betrayed <laughs> people were betrayed I love that <laughs> He says it in such a, a weary, like, I did not need to hear all like, this you complaining. Know, that old chestnut. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm so, sorry, continue. No, no, thank you for pointing that out. So they get up there and they do their presentation, which is in the episode. It's presented as a montage with a song. I think it's Wise Up by Amy Mann. And it's being played so you hear nothing of what they're actually saying. You hear nothing of what they're doing. It's cutting between all of these ridiculous things and i made a list uh so the silent <laughs> montage this presentation includes marionettes fairy wings an israeli flag i don't know what the other flag was that's mexico okay so they also use afro wigs robot costumes which was my favorite part uh silly string sparklers and annie as an indian hostage in a canoe which I needed to see, like, she looks so worried and so upset that she's actually in that role, but she had to be <laughs> complicit to, like, be tied up and ha- be decorated like that. I want to know, like, all the sequence of events that led. Anyways, like, it's obviously, it's just all nonsense. It's, it's pure nonsense. And over the course of this montage, we get two things. We get them destroying, absolutely destroying the classroom. By the end of it, you know, there's just, it's a mess everywhere. And you also get these cutaways to Chang just looking pensive and looking thoughtful and just kind of taking it in. And then Chang just gets the great line after that. He's like, F, F minus. (laughs) And I laughed so hard because I thought of a a certain Australian man and his B (laughs) minus. Wow, he sounds really smart. Whoa. All right. He does F minus. <laughs> you okay, so so what did you guys think of the whole the whole montage here? Loved it. It's lots of fun. I've uh been in and uh 
taught many drama classes in my life and this is just drama class this is some good tableau work just uh you've got uh 10 frozen tableaus to tell a story and this one i don't know what the story is but it's creative <laughs> i'll tell you that for me this is the sequence that sold me on the show yeah yes mm. i I loved the first episode. I thought it was very funny. Good introduction. Everything I said last week. But this is the first time that the show had me just in absolute stitches. I cannot speak because I am laughing so hard. Well, it's like Chang's introduction earlier. It starts kind of sort of nice and sort of normal. And then it goes off the deep end really quickly. Well, and like his introduction, it what makes it are the cutaways to the people in class who are experiencing this along with everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> Where you just sort of see, you know, Britta looks exhausted and Annie looks really confused and sort of sad. And Troy, <laughs> when they do the, the vaudeville bit with the, the white gloves and the wigs and they cut to Troy and to Shirley. And you have Donald Glover in particular, his expression is just the giant eyes of what am I looking at and who do I need to hit? <laughs> And Abed. He's into it. He's He's so into this. He's smiling. He's nodding. At the end, he's (laughs) clapping. This is like such an... This is exactly why Abed came to college. This is what what he loves. He just... They made his day with this. I also like going back, just rewinding a little bit at the beginning when they start... And they pull out that big bag, and Chang has this moment. He's like, "Guys, why are their costumes? They're not, they're not supposed to take your breath away." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like that, that little like he, he's a little terrified, but then he kind of goes with it. And then, That's my line of the episode. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. I think it's hysterical the way that Jeff just snaps his neck over. Is great. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> Jeff kind of goes a little bonkers too. There's a few of those little moments where you look at his face and he's got crazy face on. And he's, he's into it. Like, he's going for broke. He's going for broke. What do you think this says about like? I mean, I think this goes beyond just Jeff feeling a little guilty and giving in to doing the presentation. Like, does this say something about Jeff and Pierce that they have a connection on some level? I mean, more than just Jeff pitying Pierce. Yes, definitely. That's. I think that Jeff cares more than he wishes he cares. He he realized that he hurt this guy's feelings, and so the only way that he can make this right is to be into it. And oh, you're saying something nice about Jeff, Fallon? Interesting. <laughs> yeah, I don't even have a defense for it. Honestly, yes, yes, yes I am. Yes, no, I but am. that's right. It's like a, it's an exception that proves the rule. It's a brief uh, glimpse of Jeff actually joining in, uh, letting his arrogant cares of being the better than this place um, fall away and just joining the madness. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's one of those things that you, you have to be into it. You can't do what they were doing at 50% or 75%. Either yeah. You're 100% there or don't do it at all. Yeah, because when Pierce like pretends to shoot Jeff in the robot costume, Jeff really does <laughs> like he's throwing his whole body into him. Like, okay, that's cool. Well, we're we're kind of running down on time, and we got to already, you know, we got to get to our end stuff. Before we do that, we have to talk about our first credit scene of all of Community, which actually was one of its most famous, which is the Spanish 101 rap. It's simple. It's just Troy and Abed sitting on the couch. And not even looking at each other, and they come out with this 
back and forth rap using random Spanish words that don't really have anything to do with each other in a narrative sense, but in a rhyming sense, they, they kind of like, like they're tossing a baton back and forth. And they also have the nickname T-Bone, the disco spider, which (laughs) I think is great. La biblioteca, me llamo Tibon, la araña discoteca. Discoteca, muñeca, la biblioteca. Es un bigote grande, pero manteca. Manteca, bigote, gigante, pequeño. Cabeza es nieve, cerveza es bueno. Buenos días, me gustas papas frías. Bigote de la cabra, es camarón días. Yeah, boy, boy. Yeah. What? It's 2009. Word. So it really just, you see... Like, you know, uh, like I, uh, either you or Thomas said earlier that you can tell in between the pilot and now they figured out that Danny Booty and Donald Glover just gel and they have such chemistry on screen. And especially knowing Donald Glover goes on to be Childish Gambino, you know, it seems like the kind of thing he could just toss off. It looks very, it looks very natural. It doesn't look like he's trying to read off anything. So it's, it's just so great to see the origins of Troy and Abed. Yeah, it's, it's so iconic. Movie. It's such a memorable. I didn't realize this was the first post-credit scene because it's it's got to be one of the, the greatest. All right, dislikes. Let's let's get them off our chest. What do you not like about this episode? Huh, I forgot to come up with any dislikes. Over to you. <laughs> I don't like Britta at all in this episode. I like Britta as a character. I already said that in our very first episode. She's one of my all-time favorite characters. In this one, she's just such a big bummer. And either she's she's being overly critical or she's being hypocritical or she's being a love interest. It just doesn't work. I don't like Pierce on Fire. I feel like it's not as funny as mm-hmm. they want me to find it. The scene is building to something and it's supposed to get undercut by, oh, no, wackiness. But it's not wacky. It's just sort of, I don't know, it's Chevy Chase on Fire. And that's not, it doesn't inspire anything to me. It makes me feel like I missed something that was going to be better than that. I also don't mm. like that they... S- they say not show him go into the fountain. <laughs> like he catches on fire and then he goes burn. over to Jeff and he's like, oh, he got went into the fountain. I'm like, if this is physical comedy, that's pretty funny. Why? <laughs> I don't like it when people go halfway. Yeah. But. I, don't, I don't think the protest plot is amazing. I mean, I think it's fine, but just comparing this to how the show gets, uh, I think it's a very simple kind of, relatively flat plot jeff writing apology cards to britta does not seem like a jeffian thing to do like he does it twice and i'm like uh eh, it's not that cute i don't know okay <laughs> we're just being nitpicky now i'm gonna nitpick uh <laughs> starburns starburns yeah they're not great <laughs> all right what do we like i like that chang teaches us that speaking spanish is 90 percent in our hands so we have to make yeah. flamboyant <laughs> hand motions when we speak Spanish. <laughs> I like that Pierce thing. Uh, I liked Pierce thinking that a sausage fest is a good thing. I mean, <laughs> I don't know whether to feel sorry for him or disgusted by him. And that's just Pierce for you, I suppose. Most of the stuff that I love, we already talked about. Uh, I do love his note that he can't have kids because he has hyper virility. <laughs> yeah. And I... I love that. And I, I, in general, I like Pierce in this episode. I, I feel like 
I think I said last time that there was there's a way you can do Pierce, I think, where he isn't just an evil jerk or just gets saddled with, you know, how much of a you know, how much of a giant jerk can I be? So I appreciate this. You know, it opens them up in a way that I think that they wanted to. Like you said, the first seven episodes are about us getting to meet these people. But I, I like this version of Pierce, even if, you know, if in all, in all of his imperfection, I, I do. So, yeah. Mm. He also had a great line, um, to the empowerage of words. And Jeff says, to the irony of that sentence. <laughs> and then there was one thing. I think this is at the very end of the episodes. Pierce is talking to Jeff while they walk away off into the sunset. I don't think this is even in the subtitles. It's just kind of uh, just very quietly heard. But he's saying, like... Uh, to Jeff, you've got this thing you do with your face when you're trying to be funny, which forces people to think about how cool you are. <laughs> that just really summarizes <laughs> Jeff's face, I think. <laughs> it also it also summarizes how Pierce thinks Jeff is cool. Like he just <laughs> yeah. said, you know, like I think you're cool because I he's saying that for everybody, but really he's just saying it for Pierce. So obviously, Pierce really lusts after Jeff's position as being the cool guy in the group and he wants to be the cool guy so if he can't be the cool guy he wants to be with the cool guy and that yeah like that was a seed of an interesting relationship i was glad that they did that i like dean's announcements let's give this a report card uh what are we going to give this episode it's a b b it's just a b i'm this one's a b solid b i don't know if i think it's better than last week but it's very similar if not slightly better um from my perspective you know i hate to say it but um so last week i rated as a b and i think that that was a mistake of mine as i was thinking further out about it because this episode is better than last week but it is nowhere near as good as the show gets i want to give this one a b again but i almost want to retroactively grade downgrade the last one down to a c Join wow. me. Join me down in the sea. I know, I know. Wow. I did a lot of soul searching. To admit this publicly is a little yeah. embarrassing. Yeah, this really rides the line between a B and a C for me. There's some great lines. The montage, as you said, Al, makes the episode. It's it's one of those things that community did really well, just going that and Chang's introduction uh two of the biggest highlights of the whole thing. Uh, I'll reluctantly I I'd say a B, but <laughs> reluctantly yeah, kind of reluctantly sure? say a b i kind of want to say a c on this one too but it is definitely better than the pilot i like the lighter tone of it too it yeah like the visually the the camera work everything's lighter it seems like a place you want to go to and it's kind of nice and mm. even though we're still getting a very small slice of this college we're also getting some of the extracurricular activities that people are doing that people are very willing to be part of protests and eat brownies and yeah, you know, like cool. This is started to fill in some of the blanks of what Greendale is. B for brownies. <laughs> <laughs> and you're still dead set against having pluses, huh? I know minuses <clears throat> don't exist, but whatever. I'm not a dictator. I'm not a Pierce. If you want to have your pluses and minuses, have them. I just want. That's to what a dictator simple. would say, to be honest. So. I'm going to come down and nuke Australia right off the globe. That's what I'd say if I was a dictator, but I'm not. Oh, look, you'd be a good dictator because you're the best podcaster I know. (laughs) Ouch, man. Ouch. Wow. You're doing this thing with your face, Thomas, that makes everybody think you're really cool. You need to cut that out. (laughs) You're just pretty awesome. Well, thanks for listening to today's show. But here, that's it for us on today's episode. Follow us on Twitter at 101 Rewatching. 
is our Twitter handle and talk to us. We've had people trickling in. They're starting to follow the show. They're starting to get to know who we are. And we just would like, if you like this episode, we're not asking for money. We're asking for your undying loyalty. And also to go out and tell some people about the show. And money. I think I just woke up half of my household by doing that. <laughs> That's not a good thing to do. <laughs> all right, guys. We're done. It's cool. We all passed Spanish 101. Excellent. Hey, 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 wait, wait. Don't, you can't stop yet. I'm here. What? We're done, Heather. We're, oh, we finished. No, I'm an integral part of this group. You have to let me at least give my two cents. <sighs> Fine. I thought I thought we were going to have a whole <laughs> episode of just men. We had no shirts on. We were bumping chests regularly. It was... <sighs> okay, fine. Girl it up. <laughs> Girl it up with your thoughts. Actually, we're oh, glad you're yeah. here. I'm glad to be here. Um, so, I had a few thoughts on this episode. Mostly that I didn't care for it a whole lot. I mean, I'd have to give it a solid C. And if it weren't for Chang, I would have given it a D. I really didn't care about anything that was going on with the rest of the group. I did not care about Jeff and Pierce's little fight that turned into the the terrible Spanish, whatever that was, you would call it at the end, that they were trying to accomplish. And to, to be honest, I just watched this again a couple of days ago, and I... Don't remember anything else from the episode. It didn't take your breath away. N- no, no, no. But what you were, I, we were so bummed you weren't here because we were talking a lot about Chang, <sighs> and he's like your number one favorite character. So at least from that perspective, tell us a little bit about Chang. Chang in this episode, I just absolutely adore. I mean, it, it's kind of uncomfortable when he's first talking about how he's not some mystical Chinese philosopher and all that, you know, it's a little uncomfortable, but it's also just so insane. I can't help but laugh, but it's always like kind of a pained laugh. I'm just like, oh, ah, oh, it's it's funny, though. I don't, I, I don't, I don't take anything else out of this episode good, except for Chang. He just is absolutely crazy. And watching the group just trying to deal with his insanity, thinking all the while that he's a teacher and he has any kind of authority over them is just so funny. And he's very hard to read. Like his face oh, yeah. is hard. He would be a great poker player because you don't know what's <laughs> going on there. That's you don't... true. His, his, yeah. So, and then at the end, he, uh, he of course, gives him an F and F minus. So maybe... <laughs> Maybe you and Chang are on the same page. He was not impressed by their presentation, and neither exactly. were you. We are twin souls, he and I. Uh, we were one of the questions we were banding about was how long into the semester this class takes place, because mm. the the group at the beginning seemed to have already known each other for a little while, mm-hmm. and they seem to be getting along pretty well. But mm-hmm. this does seem pretty rudimentary, like the the less the homework assignment. I don't know. What, yeah, what it, I agree with you. It does. And another thing that came to my mind when Chang was doing his really weird, I'm not this, I'm not that. I was kind of going, wait, how long have they been in this class? 
Like, does this seem like something you would say maybe early on? Because saying it farther into the semester makes it seem like either he's just had it happen a lot and he's tired of it out of the people in, in the current semester. Or if it's at the beginning of the semester, I guess he's doing it just to lay down like, hey, this is not who I am. I teach Spanish because I want to and I'm good at it. And he's not. But yeah, I was a little confused, too, by what the timeline is. A day one kind of monologue. Mm -hmm. And but the fact that he's also doing it right at the end of a class session. Yeah. Entire class. (laughs) What led up to that conversation? Like Mm -hmm. what led up to him suddenly breaking and going, I need to address this. That there's this perception. And maybe nobody cares. Like, everybody in the class is like, whatever. You know, you're yeah. Asian. You teach Spanish. We don't really care. Mm-hmm. Chang cares. He, he sure he, does. And maybe it's coming from his brother who gives him a little bit of flack. And we find out that later on. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, any other thoughts before I can finally go to bed? Because it's really <laughs> late here, Heather. And you I, keep I, me up. I sincerely appreciate everything you do, Justin. Thank you so much. No, I don't have any other thoughts. Just more Chang, season one Chang. After season one, I'm not I'm not a Chang stan, but season uh, one Chang, I'm for it. You can't Chang stand him? You, you just don't under Chang him. Oh, I, I Chang what you're doing. Mm. Yeah. All right. Well, sweet Deans. We'll see you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>